He will do whatever He intends to do this night in this service. He knows every heart when they come in this service. He knows every one that's sitting on the pew. He knows the intent of their heart. He knows what they're thinking. He knows whether they're lost. He knows whether they're backslid. He knows whether they're on the verge of quitting the church and walking out. He knows whether they need healing in their body. He knows all the needs of everyone that's in here. And He's standing in the portals of heaven tonight ready to meet that need if we will only worship Him out of abundance of our heart and believe that He will do that that He has promised. Because He is a rewarder of them that jealously seek Him. My God is not a God of failure. My God is not a God that's slack in His promises. But my God is one that's true than ever promised that it was ever written in the Word of God. And all the promises in the Word of God are for me and for you. He didn't write it for anyone else. But He wrote them that you and I might receive that that He has said He would do according to His Word. And the only stipulations on that is after we have obeyed Him according to the Word, we have a right to stand on those promises and say, Lord, you said it in your Word. And Lord, I'm going to believe that you're going to do it. Because Lord, you wrote that for me to read. You wrote it for me to believe. And now I believe it out of my heart. I have done what you've told me to and I'm going to stand on that promise. I'm going to tell you, I may be a little bit odd to some people. I just believe this much and I can talk to God pretty straight. He's not no little old bitty timid fella that gets his feelings hurt when you say something. He likes to have it right straight off the shoulder. You don't have to beat around the bush. I know one time, you don't mind me giving a personal illustration here to you, Brother Elders. I've got to get into this here in a minute. I was out in Wyoming. And the thing about it today, I was thinking about it or yesterday, this man that come to my aid is backslid now. I preached a revival whenever he was there. But I was out there, me and my wife was headed on into Montana. We had just enough money to get enough gas to get on over to Billings. I counted it out and I didn't have any left, maybe three or four dollars. But I figured if I miscalculated, I'd need that. Took all the money we got at the church and we sent it back home to pay bills. You know, we have to pay them like everybody else. And sent them all back home and that left me just that cash. We left out of Landers. We drove about 15 miles and it was snowing about 10 o'clock in the morning. My truck just quit like that. Wouldn't hit another lick. I pulled off there on the shoulder of the road. And the brother, the pastor there, had gone on that morning at 4 o'clock to Billings to take a, a body to be cremated. So it wasn't about 13 or 14 in that little church. And uh, I didn't know nobody in Wyoming. So here I got over and checked my truck and I knew there was something bad wrong. I just leaned over that hood. I said, now, Lord, you sent me out here. I didn't ask to come out here. And said, Lord, I haven't got any money. You know it. And, Lord, I don't know nobody out here in Wyoming. If I had any money in the bank, they wouldn't cash my check. Now, you told me you'd never leave me or you'd never forsake me. And you told me I'd never have to beg or go hungry. Now, Lord, I need some help. I went, went around and sat out in my truck with the hood still up in the snowing, and a pickup truck just shot right in front of my suburban. This man got out and started toward the truck, and the wife said, you know, I believe that young man went to church back there. I said, yeah, I believe he did. Come up there and said, Brother Moody, you got problems? I said, yes, I sure have. Don't know what it is, so he began to check it over. He said, it's your electronic ignition. And uh, he said, I can't fix that. But he said, let's get in my truck and we'll go off down to the next town down here. And he said, I've got a brother-in-law that's a mechanic. So I figured, well, that helped me out a little bit. Didn't know somebody that knew somebody. <laughs> so we drove on down there, went in. Wasn't a few minutes till the air was let out of a balloon there. He said, I can't fix it. I ain't got no machine. You're going to have to drag it back to Landers with a record. Take it to Chevrolet place. I said, how much is it going to cost to fix that? He said, all about $175 plus the record fee. 
And he said, in order for you to do what I want you to do, I'm going to have to break you all to pieces and reshape you, boy. I said, I understand, Lord, and I'll be glad when you get through dumping the powder out. <laughs> but I understood that gave me my faith. I understand the laws of God. So you got to follow the Lord. You can't lead him. If you and right. Brother Elders get turned loose, and we'll be leading the Lord. We're independent, fellas. We're drivers. God has to take the wind out of us. We have to take hard whippings. God get us down where he wants us. He's had to beat me plumb down to my knees for my old hard head would listen. But I'm beginning to understand a little more clearly than I did two years ago. <laughs> I'm beginning to say, Lord, you're getting my attention. I'm beginning to understand what you want me to do. All he wants me to do is get out on my knees and pray and begin to seek him. And he'll tell me what to do in a place of prayer. He'll open up the word and let me know what to do. He don't need none of my bright ideas. He don't need none of my good uh, my instructions. All he wants me to do is just to be in the place where he can talk to me and I'll believe that he'll do what he says he'll do and then God can use me in the kingdom of God. If you want to be used in the kingdom of God, become a nobody and then you'll become a somebody. If you're a somebody, you'll always be a nobody in the kingdom of God. God don't need somebody's, he needs nobody's and he'll make somebody's out of it. Nobody's. God don't use nobody's in the kingdom of God. That's right. Amen. I mean, don't use somebody's. He uses nobody's. He makes you somebody. That's the way it goes. Yeah. Amen. But if you used to drive down Interstate 80, going through Wyoming, over on the western border heading into Utah, you would probably look at the mountains and you'd see the white caps, the beautiful scenery of the mountains. Driving along, you'd probably look on down in the little lower ranges and you'd see other white objects. As you get closer, you would see it would be thousands of sheep that were grazing up there on the rangeland. As you got closer, as you drove along, you look out through those many thousands of sheep and you'd go automatically go to looking for the shepherd. Driving along, after a while, you would see him in an old shepherd's wagon up on a knoll somewhere. One old horse, a couple of dogs, stove pipe sticking out of the back. That was the man that looked after all those sheep that spread over those hills. Now that shepherd's in charge of every one of those sheep. Yeah. And you know those sheep look to that shepherd. Yeah. He looks after them 24 hours out of the day. Oh, they yeah. tell me that those shepherds sign in on five-year contracts. And they bring their support. The mountain lions, taking them into places to graze and the good plush pastures, knowing the range. They love those sheep. They talk to those sheep and they'll baby those sheep. And at nightfall, whenever they get ready to bed them down and bring them in if it's bad weather coming, they will take and go to a canyon that has a dead end to it. Make them a fold where they can bring them in there and protect them out of the storm. But this shepherd, whenever he gets out there to bring those sheep in, he'll sit on the mountainside and he'll begin to call. And those sheep, no matter who's calling, the only one they will listen to is that shepherd. Yeah. Uh -huh. As his voice begins to echo down through the valleys and the ravines and the canyons and over the mountains, when those sheep hear him calling, they'll begin to come toward him. And they begin to come in by the hundreds. Then the strikers will come in. And you call every one of them till he gets them all in there. And when he gets them into the place of safety, he's got a staff. And he's counting them as they went in. And then that staff has a hook on it. And that hook is for a purpose. One of them looks a little weak. He just reaches and gets him on the neck, pulls his head up to look into his eyes to see if he's sick. Or he can take one little lamb. If it's uh, got the wrong mother, he'll pick it up and he'll put it on the right mother. He looks after every aspect of those sheep. But when he gets them all in there, storms are coming up, sleeping in the rain and the wind blowing. Got him a fire built properly. But there's a sheep missing. He probably begins to look around. 
try to count again. But he comes into his mind that he's got one sheep that's lost. So he starts out in the hours of the night, probably 10, 11 o'clock, wind a-blowing, sleeping in the rain. He starts out looking for that sheep. As he goes out against the wind, he waits for it to slow down and to get still, and then he'll holler out over the valleys and on the mountains. He'll holler, oh, sheep, because he knows they know the sound of his voice. As he goes on, he'll call out for that sheep. But this sheep probably has been one that's sort of like we are. He got to nibbling along, looking for some fresh grass. And as he was nibbling along, he lost sight of the flock. What long he lost sight of the shepherd. And he eat on out of their sight as they went on over the mountain traveling down in the next valley. He become frantic and began to run. Yes. Lost his sense of direction. Oh, yeah. Not knowing which way to go. That's just the way it is when you go to nibbling out there in that world. Uh -huh. You just nibble along for a while. But this sheep had his head down while he was nibbling. He wasn't looking where he was going. If he kept his eyes on the flock, kept them on the shepherd, he would have never got lost. And you keep your eyes on the church and keep your eyes on Jesus Christ, you'll never get lost. But if you go to nibbling around out in that world and get your head down while not looking where you're going, that devil will lead you out into that world and you'll become lost as this sheep is lost. And he keeps following as he goes against the storm. Oh, sheep. Oh, sheep. But he don't hear anything. But he don't give up because this shepherd, he loves those sheep. And just like Jesus Christ tonight, he won't give up. He'll call and he'll call until he gets all the sheep home. God is interested in your soul. He's calling you tonight. He's wanting to bring you in the fold. Oh, you may not know it, but he's been calling ever since he went to Calvary. Ever since he died in your place, he's been trying to bring the lost sheep back in. He's been trying to restore those that have got lost out in the world. I won't tell you tonight. If you get your mind on Jesus and get your heart in the church, he'll bring you in the fold and he'll restore you to the place that you should be, that you might be in the body of Christ as he wants you to be. Amen. 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 The sheep had nibbled along after he had got frantic and began to run. In the midst of the storm, he fell into a canyon, fell down a slope, got tangled up into some brambles. There he was. His wool was inside of those brambles. He couldn't get loose. He tried to climb out. He couldn't. His strength had left him. But that shepherd kept searching and kept calling. But it wasn't but a little while. The wind died down. And that sheep heard a faint voice that was familiar to him. But if you'll notice, that sheep, he began to respond when he heard that voice. Whenever that shepherd said, Oh, sheep! That old shepherd heard a real faint bleat as that old sheep began to bleat and he began to walk toward that sound. The shepherd would call and the sheep would bleat. And I won't tell you tonight, if Jesus is calling for you, you've got to answer him so he'll know where you're at. Don't never get out of hearing distance of the shepherd. Always keep in distance where you can hear his voice as he calls to you. You see the sheep, when he heard the shepherd voice, he began to respond and that gave the shepherd the direction. And when he finally found the sheep and went down in the slope and picked him up, the sheep, he was weak. He was a was star. He couldn't hardly wiggle. But that shepherd didn't take him and be, take the staff and try to beat his brains out. He just picked him up real gentle-like. I won't tell you something tonight. We ought to have compassion for the backslider. We ought to pray for them to be restored. We ought not to doubt him. We ought not to put our foot on the back of his neck. That's not the way that Jesus dies. Oh, this shepherd, when he went after that sheep that had been disobedient, that would have grazed and hunted new grass, that would have fell down into that canyon. He had weathered the storm. He went and got cold. 
helping them again to make his way and risk his life. No a lot of people wonder why the pastor, when one's been backslid and he comes back in and prays through, some of the saints will say, I don't know why that pastor always a petting those back down to the fire, begin to rub his legs and get circulation back in him. And the water, he'll pick a still place for him to drink. He'll be out ahead checking to see what it's like. He knows if he brings them into waterfalls, cliffs, if they'll fall off of there because they're dumb animals, they just follow. They do not set their own to their directions. Whenever they have to go on their own, they have no sense of direction. But he brings them down to a good smooth place where they can drink water. But he takes them when he beds them down into good lush pastures where they can lay down there. And when they're full and they can sleep where he can look after them, where he can watch all the predators and make sure that none of them come and disturb the flock. This shepherd looks after him continually, just the way that Jesus Christ looks after his church. He's a type of the he's type of the shepherd. And he's looking after you and I, just like he does those sheep. But the old devil, he lies to us. He tells us that the Lord is not interested in us. He tells us the Lord's not interested in our problems. The Lord ain't got time to fool with us. But that devil's a liar and the truth's not in him. I will tell you, he knows what he's doing. He knows what it takes to restore you. He tells you what it takes to keep you. He knows what kind of food you got to have. He knows what you can have and what you can't have. Oh yes, he well knows what you need. If he can keep you at the church, he knows how to do it. You ought to learn to believe in him. And whatever he does is sufficient for whatever you need in your life. Amen. 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 I can see an old shepherd as he takes this flock. Probably an elderly man starts over the mountainsides. He goes down one hill and over another. Whenever he comes down, time for the evening to pull him in to check him. Stands out on the mountainside, calls them, brings them all in. One that loves the stars, loves the night, enjoys the streams and all the beauty that God has made. Uh -huh. A man that lives a lonely life if he's not used to it, but he loves his sheep and loves the things of nature. But I see this old shepherd one day as he's calling his sheep. They begin to come in, but he sees some stragglers. He begins to stand there on the side of the mountain, and he begins to call and think some more. Maybe it's over the mountaintop, back in another valley. He begins to holler, oh, cry of a little girl, about three years old. One standing down among the sheep, and the old shepherd gets up and makes his way down to where she is. When he gets down there, she's crying and frightened and afraid. And there is a piece of paper on her little old dress. says, we don't want her anymore. Whoever finds her, would they take her and keep her? The old shepherd took the little girl that was hungry, took her on back to his old sheep wagon, made up some food and began to feed her, get acquainted with her. She was afraid. He was kind and nice to her. Knew how to treat her because he was used to looking after the sheep. What long was she begin to be at ease with him? She would go with him. He'd go out and look the sheep over, tot along behind him, sit out there and look at the streams. We'd go with him and look at the streams. He'd sit at night, tell her stories of what he'd done in the past. As they traveled along year after year, their relations became closer and closer. The old man began to love her with all his heart. He'd take her in at night, make sure she was comfortable. She got on up now, probably a teenager. At night, they would sit out on the side of the mountain. He'd tell her about all the stars and how they were arranged. He'd probably show her the Milky Way, the Big Dipper, the Little Dipper, Northern Star, Maiden's Path. When the old moon would come up, he'd tell her about the full moon, the quarter moon, explain all of this to her. She had this thrill to sit there with him and created a great love for him. And he loved her with all of his heart. He'd been lonely all over the years. But now he had someone he could talk to, someone he could visit with. They fished for trout down in the streams in the daytime. Well, it was one great happy life for him. But he thought to himself, she's grown to be such a beautiful little girl and won't be long that she'll be a woman. And it's not right for me to take her, travel over these old hills and down these valleys. 
One day I'll have to let her go into the city and see what it's all about. He noticed when they went into the city to get supplies how that she would look. I was amazed at all the things. But he loved her so much he wanted to see her happy. He wanted to see her have a good life. He didn't feel like she ought to be there with him, him being an old man and her a young girl, traveling over those hills, down through those mountains, weathering the storms, never seeing nothing but the sheep, the creatures of night, and only the animals they saw in the daytime, not having anything in life particular, just an old sheep wagon to come back to. So he had in his mind the next year when they come by the town, he was going to tell her to go on into the city. And whenever she got there, he's going to tell her to stay, and he was going to leave. For her to go on and find a better way of life. And he said the last night, before they was to leave there on the side of the mountain, really heart was breaking, and he told her what he wanted her to do. Told her she had a great life ahead of her, she was beautiful, and said, I want you to go into the city and find you a good man, marry him, and have a good family. They sat in and began to look back over the mountains and through the valleys. Began to talk about the things they talked about in the past on up and maybe to midnight. Next morning they got up and went on into the city. After he got his supplies, he left. Went on back, got his herd and headed on over the mountain. Went on over the next mountain, over the next one with the herd. That night when he sat down on the edge of the mountain there, he began to be so lonely. He began to miss her. How they sat together, how they would talk. Life didn't seem like much. But he loved her far more than he loved himself. He wanted her to be happy more than himself. He went on on his journey. Was gone for about six or eight months. Wasn't long he come back close to this town. And when he got back close to this city, he stopped there. That evening, he began to call his sheep again. He's sitting on the mountainside. He began to call them, and they began to come in. Oh, sheep. Here they begin to get it. Old voice echoing down through the valleys. Oh, sheep. And the stragglers all began to come in. He said, well, maybe there's a few more over there. Oh, sheep. Oh, sheep. In a few minutes, he saw something coming over the mountain. He began to look. He saw it was a woman. She began to get closer. He saw who it was. And here she was. She came around. He went to meet her. They hugged each other. She was so glad to be back. So they went on in. He fixed her a meal. That night they sat back out on the mountainside as they did in times past. Began to look at the night. Look at the beautiful scenery. And he began to ask her. He said, I want to know something. Said, what brought you back? Said, was it the beautiful mountains? He said, was it the streams that we looked at day after day? Said, what was it that really brought you back here? This is no life for you. Was it the sheep? Was it the watch the sun to rise in the east in the mornings and set in the west? Was it to watch the stars that fall at night? Was it to watch the creatures of night as they played? Why did you come back? There's nothing here for you. I'm just an old man, just an old sheep herd. She said, I won't take She said, I knew the first day that I didn't want to stay down there. And said, I run out to the edge of town and I knew if I could just hear your voice. She said, I could fire with you. She said, I stood every day and I listened to you to call those sheep. And said, I listened and I listened. And said, it's been about six months, but since this evening, I faintly heard your voice as it come down into the town. When you standing on the mountainside calling, oh, sheep. She said, it was not all of those things that we have mentioned, but it was the shepherd's call that brought me back. She said, I know where I belong. I belong here with you because you picked me up whenever I was lost. You brought me in and fed me when I was hungry. You nursed me, took care of me when nobody would have anything to do with me. 
You came in and was a father to me. You was a shepherd to me. I knew I didn't belong down there. I knew I belonged back with the shepherd. I belong here with you because you are my comforter and you are my keeper. That's the reason I come back was to hear the shepherd's call. I love to hear your voice as it travels out over the mountainside. Oh, that's what touched me and brought me back to him. I won't tell you tonight, the great shepherd is standing in the portals of heaven and he knows where you are and his voice is coming down to the temples of time. If you can only hear him calling out to you, you who are heavy laden, come out to me and I'll give you rest. You are the sheep of my fold and tonight he's calling for you. Can you hear the shepherd's call? Are you too far out that you cannot hear him call you? Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Has the world got its entanglements on you? Have you strayed out in the world so far that you got tangled up into the brambles that Satan has put out there? You can't get loose. You can't hear his voice. You have lost the church. You can't see it anymore. You can't find the shepherd. You once knew him. You once was in the flock. You once felt the presence of God. You once feasted in the charity of the church. But the world has taken its toll. And as you began to take a little bit here and a little bit there, it wasn't long till you walked on out into that world and the church passed on by you and you got out of hearing distance of God and the church and you went on down the straight out in that world not knowing your left hand from your right, stumbling here and there until you fell in to a tangent or a premise that Satan had laid there and there was a primal bush that Satan had taken and put his snares around you and now you're entangled in the world and you cannot hear the voice of the shepherd but I'm here to tell you tonight he reached down and brought you in the church where you could hear his voice he brought you back in hearing distance tonight and as he leads over the portals of heaven and he's calling his sheep he wants you to come home. He wants you to come back in the hole. He's calling for you. He went to your house tonight and brought you in the house uh, in the church of the living God where you could hear his voice. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. But he's calling tonight. He knows whether you're nipping away from the flock. He knows whether you've grazed over the horizon. He knows how far out there you are. He knows where you're living at tonight. But I will tell you, don't never get so far out that you can't never hear the voice of the shepherd. Because when you do, there'll be no way you can get back because no man coming to God except he be drawn to his spirit. And when his voice that goes out of heaven and it touches your heart, you ought to get up and respond to him where he'll know where you are and bring you down to an old-fashioned order and restore you into the soul or forgive you your sins if you're lost out in that world and bring you into the church of the living God. He's done all he can do. This great shepherd who's Jesus Christ. Loved you so much that he came to this world. Walked among men. Took all of their chains. Took all of their harassments. He let them whip upon him. Spit on him. He taken all they wanted to dish out. Because that shepherd loved you so much. He came and took your place. And whenever they tried to take him up to Gaga, and he started up that long road to Calvary, he had one thing in his mind. I got some lost sheep out there. I've got to get them back home. I've got to restore them. I've got to bring them back in my flock. And according to my word, I've got to go on to Calvary. I've got to give my life to them that they might be saved. On up God off the hill he goes. There is all humanity there cursing him, 
slapping him, kicking his shins. They have done whipped his back with a cat of nine tails and it looks like hamburger meat. Here he is going up Gargotham. One thing in his mind, I've got to give my life that they might live. The good shepherd died for you, was going up there to give his life that you might be saved. On the way up Gargotham, I can see the angels as they lead down the towards the heaven. Oh, Michael said, Lord, let us come to your rescue. If they don't want you, we do. Lord, you don't have to take up with that. Gabriel says, Lord, we got 10,000 ready to come to your rescue. He says, oh, no, I love my sheep. I've got to go and give my life that they might live. I'll lay down my life for them. No greater love has any man that laid out his life for a prayer. But here Jesus was going up to Calvary. Could have called 10,000 legions of angels and wiped out all of humanity and went back to his glory world and set up for his throne. But oh no, that good shepherd loved you and I so much. He said if there's somebody tonight down there watching the tempest that wants to come back in the fold, I've got to go against my life that they might live. And tonight he went over and hung there for you and I. He gave his blood that we might be redeemed. He gave his life that you and I might be saved. And tonight, according to his word, no man comes to me except to be drawn to my spirit. Now he's done all he can do, the good shepherd. He just leaned out on the portals of hell, reaching just as far as he can, telling you to come unto hell. But he can't come no further. He came to you in the word. He's come to you in the spirit.